0: Welcome to Love Sick: the Podcast, where we dive into health, wellness and relationships and their impact on the world. Come be a part of the discussion. Join our community by following us on YouTube, Instagram, and listening wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to our podcast Love Sick Podcast. I'm your host Dorothea McGuire, and to my love data <laughs> <laughs> And today we have Dr. Isam Taymor and he's a board certified gynecologist in Long Beach, California. Welcome. Welcome.
1: <laughs> Thank you for the invitation. Uh, it's an honor to be here. I uh, accepted this invitation because of the really importance of the topic. Um this is a very, very important topic. Uh, we are getting older. Um, the average uh, expectancy life expectancy is increasing. Women expect to live a very long period of their life in menopause, and that has uh, ramifications. And uh, the 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 current health uh, healthcare system is really not allowing um the the, the 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 woman to um access the care that they need uh for that part of their life. Um this is a um a a subject that is um, wrapped in controversy. Uh, I was fortunate to have practiced gynecology uh, before 2002 and then in 2002 when the bomb dropped on hormonal replacement therapy and we will talk about that and then the impact of that on women's care as a result of that study and uh, where we are today. Uh, We'll talk about what our understanding of menopause is, uh, or has been, and what it is today. So, uh, thank you for the invite again.
0: We are so happy that you're here. And now that you said the word menopause, why don't we get right into it? And Dr. Tamar, please tell us, what is menopause?
1: Well, it's a a natural uh, phenomenon. It's part of aging. Uh, When I went to medical school, they told us that menopause starts when the ovaries or the follicles in the ovaries stop functioning. Uh, The follicles, it what produces a hormone called estrogen. And then there is a deficiency or a decline in the estrogen level in the woman. And they stop having a menstrual cycle for a period of one year, and that's what we call menopause. Now, so it is the cessation of bensis for a period of one year uh, for uh, excluding any other reason for that cessation being uh, psychological or or pathological. So uh, the average age of menopause in the United States is about age 51, 52. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Interesting.
0: Wow, wow. And with that being said, what are the changes that actually happens to our bodies, Dr. Taymor?
1: Um, so the road to menopause starts a little earlier. Um, so it's a period that we call the perimenopause. And, uh, <laughs>
3: and, and She
2: knows why I'm looking at <laughs> her. Uh, I don't know if I'm there yet, but maybe I don't know. <laughs>
1: and 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 that can go back maybe ten years before menopause sets in. Oh, okay, go. there it is.
2: Interesting. Um, yeah.
1: So our understanding today is that um, a perimenopause is basically the, the 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 woman would have the same symptoms: hot flashes, night sweats, fatigue, uh, decreased libido. Uh, But when we test them with blood tests, the test comes back normal. So there is a test called FSH, and uh, when we run that blood test, uh, the values come back normal. You'll get a call from the doctor saying, uh, you're not in menopause. So why why am I complaining? Well, we we really don't know. You might have something else.
3: Mm. Uh,
1: So, the 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 current understanding now, uh, and this is something new, uh, because uh, since we've learned that menopause is just an estrogen deficiency, it turns out that women produce a lot of testosterone and, during menopause uh, in their lives. Oh, in their lives! Oh. Wow. wow! And and <laughs> actually, the 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 the, the, no, the, the average woman produces. Uh, Probably four or five times more testosterone than they do in estrogen.
0: Mm, that's interesting. That is. And
1: and and testosterone in the body comes from two sources: you, the ovaries, and the adrenal glands. And what happens in the mid forties is that the adrenal glands starts to slow down, and the woman would testosterone level would drop. Okay and the testosterone, that's before the estrogen level drops. Okay. And the testosterone deficiency symptoms are basically the same as the estrogen deficiency symptoms. Okay. The hot flushes, the vaginal dryness, the, the anxiety. The fatigue, oh, that's me. The,
3: the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the,
1: the muscle pains, yes. the joint pains, the uh, brain fog. All, all that is so, so. So it turned out that that our bodies and women's bodies have uh, estrogen and testosterone receptors throughout the body,
3: mm.
1: and that's not an accident. I mean, it's, if, if if the testosterone receptor is there, it's there for a reason, right? So when the testosterone drops, the the, the women will start to complain of these manifestations that they think they're menopausal, but the blood test says they're not. Mm, And then they get diagnosed with depression, they get diagnosed with fibromyalgia, they get diagnosed with autoimmune conditions, um, uh, when basically all they need is hormonal optimization.
2: Hmm. Which is,
1: which, uh, is which would, could be uh, testosterone supplements.
0: Wow. Huh. This is the first I've ever heard
1: yeah. of
2: that. Well, I've been tested. Well, still, so I thought that I had some kind of issue, and I did get blood tested, but they were like, you don't have early menopause. But I'm like, okay, but. <laughs> I don't so, know. So, yes,
1: there, <laughs> there is no good test for perimenopause. Got it. So you have to go by these symptoms.
2: Mm. Okay.
1: So. Um, so menopause can come early and can come late.
2: How
0: early?
1: Uh, so if it comes early between age 40 and 45, so
2: that's my age. Group. That's you. Uh, <laughs>
1: that's of concern oh. because now that person is going to live five or 10 years more in their life, uh, in menopause, in, or post-menopause. Mm, wow. So, so we, we call that menopause and beyond. So in the, you're going to live in the beyond for instead of 30 years, you're going to live for 40 years.
0: With the symptoms, well, you're no, saying?
1: No, no, no. So the symptoms will come and go. Okay. Uh, the hot flushes and the night sweats and stuff like that will okay. come and go. But there are consequences to living in the body with low hormone levels. For an extended number of years. Oh. So, uh, uh, so that is, uh, and and so 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 I walk into an exam room every day, and I ask patients if they have any signs or symptoms of menopause, and they says, "Oh no no, no that was two years ago," <laughs> and, uh, and, and 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 now I'm I'm okay.
0: Uh, really? Now it's done. You, you like the way they diagnose themselves, yeah. right?
1: So so, 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 so that person does not understand the 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 downsides to being low on hormones for the rest of her life, right? Okay. And 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 the and that risk is significant. And, and and there are many many risks. You know, they are running the risk of uh, osteoporosis. They're running the risk of uh, uh, cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. They're running the risk of sexual dysfunction. They're running the risk of dementia. Uh, so all of these are long... We, we, we identify them as old age disease, mm-hmm. but it, it the stage is set right. at menopause.
0: And that's not old age. Yeah. I know. That's not that's old like, age wow. at all. Right. Yeah.
2: So... Uh, wow, that's, that's pretty. Uh, I didn't know the dimension, all that stuff.
1: Like, I so know. the uh, the long term consequences are really significant, and it, it and and here comes the the, the problem with our medical uh, way of uh, delivering care mm-hmm. is because the physician really doesn't have the time to sit down and and tell this person who thought that she's over menopause, Mm -hmm. that um, she is uh, at an increased risk for so many conditions. Wow. And that perhaps initiating hormonal replacement at that particular time, that what we call the window of opportunity, Mm -hmm. would decrease her risk for all these conditions. So
2: you
0: know, this is, this is definitely yeah. some new information. Also, I was just wondering too um what are the choices when people find out that they may be perimenopausal or or, menopause. or menopause like medically or holistic, you know, holistically?
1: So there are so when they do that, so so there are... the they, they, they Women will, will go first to the uh, holistic things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they will say, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to go have some acupuncture. I'm going to go some hypnosis. I'm- right.
0: right. Uh, that sounds like uh, <laughs> some of the things we might. Yeah.
1: I'm going to take vitamin D and calcium. <laughs> right. Uh, and then some physician will give them a little antidepressant and, then some, and sometimes an anti-seizure medicine called mm-hmm. gabapentin. All, the question is: Do all these measures work? Not as well. Mm. Uh, hor- menopause is a hormone deficiency, and the, the the mainstay of the treatment is hormonal supplementation. Okay. okay. So, as I entered this business, the only hormone that we were giving were, was estrogen. Which
0: I used to take years ago.
1: Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Today, we're giving them both Mm. testosterone and estrogen. So this is wow. This is this is a new movement. It's gathering strength. It is not the standard of care yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, But I belong to a, a a a a growing movement. That believe in uh, supplementing testosterone as well, and because we we, we know that the, the, the there is a significant uh, deficiency in both hormones. Um, but but this is again not not a standard of care today. Mm-hmm. Sure. And um, uh, but uh, I I think in a very short period of time it might be to I was yesterday in a meeting for menopause, and uh, and I think the providers across the country that provide this new newer treatment are now in the probably five or six thousand mm-hmm. so uh, so it is a gathering uh, momentum, mm-hmm. and um, uh, eventually somebody is gonna take us seriously.
0: <laughs> well we definitely need mm-hmm. to take it seriously yep. i mean back in the day i had estradiol remember i had mentioned right. that to you but nobody didn't even
2: know testosterone though
0: was I, like a you thing. just took it the like- words out of my yeah. mouth yeah yeah like who knew like yeah. i don't think back then they definitely didn't know about the testosterone and the estradiol estrogen yeah, this
1: this is a, this is a new yeah uh, new movements and 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 in practice so i've practiced when we were just giving just estrogen mm. and the and the women felt good certainly fine right today it's they feel great it's a difference between good and great
0: right yeah is yeah. that great because they're getting two correct okay correct. so, so, so they, yeah
1: so so yes they they have the, the Energy, the libido, the yeah. uh, uh, stamina to work out, the brain fog is. better. it's many, many of these right. symptoms are are uh, certainly um, uh, uh, being addressed at, mm-hmm. at, at a, in a in a better way.
2: How does the medicine like affect like cancer patients or you
1: know? So that takes me to the story of estrogen mm. it's a long story it's uh it's uh it's 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 something that uh, was uh, uh isolated in, in in the 50s i believe um mm. uh, and uh there was a book that came out in the 50s called feminine forever and women read it and it was give me that stuff mm. Um, But then doctors prescribed it in high doses. Oh, my goodness. And that led to uh, women developing uh, cancer of the uterus. Mm. And then they said, well, no, 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 we don't want that stuff. So the doctor said, no, we have a way to, to mitigate that, and if we can give you some progesterone on top of that, then we can... Right, whiten the uterus down, then you can continue to enjoy the benefits of estrogen. And that was okay. And up until 2002, um, estrogen and progesterone treatment was the mainstay of managing menopause. Mm-hmm. And we have data, abundance of data, that told us how great that is. It reduced the incidence of cardiovascular disease by 50%. It reduced the incidence of colon cancer by 50%. It reduced the osteoporosis fracture by 50%. The dementia by 30%. It, it You even lived three years beyond your life expectancy if, if you were a user, to the point that I believe in the '90s, the, one time the New England Medical Journal wrote an editorial saying, uh, "With all this, it's time for action." Yep. Um, it, it's, it's, it was like uh, accepted p- practice and results. But then, pe- so but these were retrospective observational studies. That means that when um, you, you the, the, the people that ran the studies would pull a hundred charts and of people that are using hormones mm-hmm. and would ask them certain questions and then they come up with this statistical uh, assessment right. Uh, but that got people thinking um, is, is, is estrogen making women healthy? or are healthy women taking? estrogen so and they said well we have to sort out that thing and uh, and do what we call prospective randomized studies that means that we recruit uh, uh, women Mm -hmm. at the start of the study and give them the, 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 the hormonal treatment and monitor them over a period of time and that was the study that we call the WHI, or the Women's Health Initiative. And it was a massive study. Mm. It cost a billion dollars. Wow. I mean, it was massive. Uh,
0: well, one billion dollars yeah. is bad. Well, I mean, so, but, but he's going through it. Right, like, oh, yes, you
3: know. yes
1: but, but I So, so the, the WHI is what destroyed all the good news that we... Had wow. before before it came out. Mm-hmm. So it came out in July of 2002. And it came out in a very dramatic way. And they intended to bring it out in a dramatic way. I mean, it was a news break on ABC. Oh. Stop the presses. <laughs> Women that are taking estrogen, you're in trouble. That
0: hmm? was me. That's what they How said. How long were you taking it? Hmm? Oh, my gosh. Um I was taking. Remember, we talked about. I said estradiol, and different. Well, I was just taking estrogen, and when I was in my thirties, mm-hmm. a long time ago, before you had the hysterectomy, before I had the partial hysterectomy, hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. when I had that, when I was like forty-two.
1: Okay.
0: So, but then after taking it, that's when they told me, "Oh, you shouldn't take this past five years." I'm like, what do you mean? They said, if you take it past five years, you increase your cancer risk by, you know, so high. And they actually took me off of it. And then they put me on something else. I believe it was Synthroid.
1: uh, Synthroid is a uh, a, a thyroid. No,
0: not Synthroid. Um, It was something else that they gave me in place of the Mm Estrodiol. Nothing with testosterone. But nothing. Yeah, well... I don't know if they was even doing that back Probably then, because I was in my 30s. So, like, I'm 65 right
1: now. So so at the time when they did the WHI study, the hormone right. that was in use was something called Premarin.
0: I've heard of that. Um, yeah, and, you, you wouldn't know. And, and, nope.
3: <laughs> and, and, and the
1: name Premarin comes from pregnant mares. Oh. So they uh, so they extracted the what they called conjugated uh Estrogen from pregnant males. The WHI had two arms to it. Uh, one arm, they were giving just straight Premarin to women that had a hysterectomy or didn't have a uterus. Mm-hmm. And the other arm had people taking something called Prempro, which I've is a combination of, of Premarin and a very powerful uh, progestational compound called provera and it was in that branch of the study mm-hmm. that they looked at uh, breast cancer and cardiovascular risks and dementia and uh, and and they found that the risk for the relative risk for breast cancer was 1.26 now a relative risk of 1 means that we're we're okay one way or the other. Uh one point two six they interpreted as a um twenty-six percent increase in in breast yeah. cancer. Oh but God. but but that number is deceiving because twenty-six percent means the difference between five and a hundred and six and a hundred.
2: Oh, true. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. So in their calculation, they said that for women taking this PremPro, their risk for breast cancer increases uh, to the degree of eight patients for every 10,000 users. So it's a very, very small risk. Right. But the people in the study were so um, hypersensitive to any increase in breast
3: cancer.
1: Mm. The the this the the increase in the study did not they said even in their in their own words they said it almost reached statistical significance. Well almost means it didn't. Right, <laughs> right. Hmm? It didn't
2: have right. it. <laughs> it, it didn't.
1: Right. And when they updated their finding the, the the study went on for years mm-hmm. uh, and they and when they updated their their findings in 2000 i believe up 3 or 4 they came out and said it barely reached statistical significance what well, barely means it still didn't right and in 2006 on a, another update they finally said that was no statistical so the people that rang the bell of fear mm-hmm. in 2002, and it's still resonating mm-hmm. with us today, uh, retracted that. But it was retracted on page 30B in the New York Times. Nobody read that. Hmm? <laughs> so, uh, Wow.
0: This is some really good information.
1: Yeah. Uh, now... The, the, the branch of the study where they used just Premarin, which is an estrogen, mm-hmm. alone, with no Provera, the relative risk was 0.77. That means that it was even less. Yeah, yeah. It was protective. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the, this, the way they came out and told the public about the risk, it's still resonating with us today. So when I talk to a patient in an exam room and says, we're going to put you on estrogen, what she heard is, this doctor wants to give me breast cancer.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Not only that, but she's going to take that prescription and go to the pharmacy, and the pharmacy is going to give her the hormone and another sheet that says, are you aware that your doctor is prescribing something that is, uh, or might cause cancer? Right. And if we pass that hurdle, and she takes it home, and she meets her neighbor,
0: <laughs>
1: and her neighbor
3: Betty, <laughs>
1: and, and, and Betty will tell her, "Are you sure you want to take this? I heard it causes cancer." Right. So, so today, out of all the the candidates that that need hormonal replacement. Uh, I believe the last number I heard that in America less than 10% mm. use it maybe less than 5%. Oh. I mean it's it's a, it's a it's a disastrous number.
0: Yes, that is.
1: Um b- because we just cannot get beyond that fear. Yeah, true. So if if you are to ask the quest- question does estrogen cause breast cancer? Well, the WHI initially said yes, but then they retracted it. But then you have to also uh, say uh, breast cancer is a disease that increases in incidence as we get older. And as we get older, the estrogen level is not increasing. It's declining.
2: Right, yeah.
1: So how do you reconcile a um, a it can and you're attributing it it is a disease a cancer to mm-hmm. a to a hormone that's declining not increasing right um, the, the same with testosterone testosterone is declining and the cancer is increasing and we're gonna talk about really testosterone being protective against breast cancer um so, how do you explain the fact that in women uh, who come down with breast cancer and they happen to been using hormonal replacement, if they were, their outcome of treatment is by far better than if they were non-users?
0: And I was going to ask you... That's if- what was- you were going to say, Paige? Yeah, not only that, um, if breast cancer patients can use HRT.
1: So so today, um, uh, I I think um, the, the science is in one place and the practice is in another place. So if you go to the oncologist, they will say, absolutely no.
3: Mm.
1: Okay. Yeah. So how, where they come with that answer? So I can cite you 15, 18, 20 studies that says there is no difference in the recurrence if you take hormonal replacement, mm-hmm. estrogen, af- after breast cancer. Right. Or not. Uh, even the FDA in the early '90s have wanted UCI to run a study, uh, but it didn't happen. Um, but the 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 the, uh, the 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 oncologists today that I work with are in agreement that we can give these women testosterone. And particularly with with an estrogen blocker, Uh, so 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 and and I'm happy with that Mm -hmm. until until the tide changes. So so on one side you have twenty studies that show no difference, and then there is on on the other side there's one study called the habit study, and they're all hanging their hats on that study Mm -hmm. that shows a slight increase. In the recurrence of breast cancer, uh, in women that are using uh, uh, tamoxifen in in addition, I've heard of that. So, uh, so, but the fear is nobody wants to.
0: I mean, I can see the fear because all the information, and I know that different sources, but it. To me, it seems like controversial.
2: You know what I mean. Well, it's also like I want to know like what the risks are if 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 I am going through menopause and then I'm like I don't want to take anything. It's like right, it, you know. So
1: powering many people will tell you, I'm going to power through it. Well,
0: <laughs>
1: so uh, good luck
0: with that. Uh, <laughs> at the scary.
1: expense of um, uh, coming down. So initially, you're going to be all right, but. Ten years out, fifteen years out. uh, You now we're talking about a whole different situation. Yeah. So, so like osteoporosis. Let's let's go there because Mm -hmm. the hormonal replacements protects you against osteoporosis. Uh, Mm -hmm. You reach your peak density when you are age thirty, and then you slightly decline, and then the bone density precipitously drops. Actually, before you stop having but before you enter menopause, uh, like a year before and continues for two years after, and then it continues to decline. Well, that condition impacts one out of seven women. Mm. Osteoporosis.
2: Osteoporosis.
1: Wow. 50% of them are going to have a fracture.
0: At what age? Uh,
1: well, we're, we're talking probably in the 60s, 70s. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. they have bone density. Yeah. Yes. And... And, I've had that. and out of the 50% are going to have fractures, a third are going to die. Mm. So the risk of dying from a fractured hip because of osteoporosis, because you did not want to go on hormonal replacement, is the same as breast cancer.
2: Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this God. is like, honestly, this is very interesting because... As a person who's learning more and more about this, it's, it's, you know, I was under that whole impression like, okay, well, my period will just be done and then right. I'm just going to be sweating out and then I'm good. You know, like you just don't you're realize. Liberated. Yeah, you're liberated. Not menstruating anymore. Like it's
0: like. That's, I'm done. That's yeah, the, yeah, but, yeah. but there's so many other things. Yeah. 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 Imagine what I felt when I got the partial hysterectomy. I was like, "Yay!" No more, <laughs> and then you are like, "No more uh, menstrual cycles." But then, on the other hand, of all the other symptoms, now, you,
1: you, if, and if you want to take it to dementia, mm, let's is, take it well, it. that's just well, part the, that the 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 uh, WHO said uh, the hormones are going to increase dementia, contradicting all other studies wow. that said that. Uh, Hormones uh, will put estrogen, in particular,ly will protect against dementia to the tune of about twenty five to even sixty percent.
2: Dementia was on the
0: table. No, I did not. Yeah. So
1: so that really should take us to the WHI because these people have just undid uh, what we've known all along. Mm And, and the reason the, the numbers came out this way is they told us that the patients that we are recruiting are representative of the general population. Mm. Was it? No. Their average age that in the women that they recruited were 63. Ten years out into menopause. Mm. Uh, 30% of them were obese. Uh, another... 35 or 40% were on blood pressure medications. Uh, Another uh, 50% were smokers or ex-smokers. So these people that enrolled in that study came into the study with serious pre-existing conditions uh, that set the stage for them to have complications that skewed the the results. So so that's our critique of the... Of of the WHI, wow. yeah. That makes.
0: I mean. So what about the? Uh, let's go there. Since you talked about sexual, what is? How does uh, menopause affect the quality of life, and especially the quality of your sex life for partners out there?
1: Uh, okay, so the the hormonal deficiency is going to impact everybody. Going forwards, so you you stop your periods. The hormone levels drop, both estrogen and testosterone. It will lead to physical changes in the uh, uh, in in desire, in libido, in body uh, weight, in, in and yeah, va- in, and in, in vaginal dryness. Okay, in pain with sexual relations, mm-hmm. in bladder problems in um um so, so uh, the women will have a, a challenge right uh, uh, having sex because they some people will tell me it's like broken glass doctor
0: oh uh, wow oh
1: my gosh uh, and the the thing about this, we, we call it the genitourinary syndrome of menopause, because it's a it's a constellation of of um, of uh, symptoms and signs that pertains to the bladder and the vaginal canal and the vulva. Um, so, the 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 thing about it is it is progressive. That means when it starts, the next year it's worse, and the following year it's worse mm-hmm. still. It doesn't get any better by itself, and Jeez. and and it needs treatment. Uh, and people have used moisturizers and uh, lubricants, but those are band aids. Right. Uh, so the the there's a physical change that happens in the lining of the vaginal canal, the skin of the vaginal canals becomes thinner. The ecosystem in the vaginal canal changes. We have ecosystems in our what we call microbiome in our intestines and we have a microbiome on our skin, we have a microbiome in the vagina. And the microbiome in the vagina has to be in harmony and balance Mm. to prevent infections. And when the vaginal dryness sets in, mm-hmm. the woman is vulnerable to infections, both vaginal and urinary. So they come in with frequent urinary tract infections, and the urologist would keep giving them antibiotics, after, one after, antibiotic after the other. Right. Mm-hmm. When the source of the infection is the vaginal canal seeding into the bladder, mm-hmm. so so that the treatment really has to be uh, well. We have t- two treatments now. One is hormonal, which is giving them vaginal okay. uh, estrogen. Mm-hmm. And in the last ten years, something came about, and it's a it's a laser treatment.
2: Oh, technology, uh, technology. Yeah. So
1: it's kind of like. It, when people go to see their plastic surgeon to get a facelift, and he says, oh, it's a non-surgical facelift. Right. We're going to use a laser playing on the face, and that will build the skin up. Okay. Um, well, the same technology was now is now adapted to treating the vaginal walls. It, it's a fractional CO2 laser, and the company named the machine Mona Lisa. <laughs> 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 it, it's a treatment done in the office. It doesn't. It's not painful. Okay. Uh, it's done under general, that the local anesthesia. The patient requires about three sets, three treatments
0: for it to be successful. Uh,
1: yeah, bec- to. to because in every set in every treatment we use different settings. Okay.
0: Does the, the, insurance pay for that? I was just <laughs> Keep taking all <laughs> my words about this. I was literally Mother and say Daughter,
2: see? Insurance on that, but also on top of that, the uh, like hormonal medicine and everything. Right. Like all of this.
1: Not many insurance don't even cover hormones.
0: Wow. Medicine. So that's Me- Medicare out of doesn't pocket. cover it. Wow. Oh that's so, a whole other but, that's a right whole there. show right yeah, there. Yeah,
1: right. But uh, the answer is no. They,
0: they do, don't. They do no that's like an elective. So, yeah, so it's like they, they don't consider that being something that's necessity. Correct. Okay, that's just pretty much like when you get an the elective, or elective oh, yeah, surgery yeah, like, or whatever. Correct.
3: correct. But even with the
0: medicine, even with the yeah.
2: hormone and testosterone. Like, yeah. Wow.
0: Um, I mean, what's the role of testosterone?
3: Testosterone. <laughs> just, so, I was like, <laughs> sorry.
1: So, so right okay. now, there, there is a condition called the hyposexual uh, desire sy- de- syndrome. Okay. Uh, uh, and and testosterone is <laughs> you just, can be used she, for that.
0: Oh, am sorry. I'm just me getting the ta
1: Oh, you you make testosterone like just like men. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, but um, uh, testosterone is very good to uh, uh, bring back uh, libido and desire and an and, and orgasm.
0: And so people have to pay for that, uh, then, right? Yes. yes. That, yes. So t-
1: testosterone is not a covered right benefit. Hmm. And um, the 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 way it's given today. It's in the form of a pellet.
0: A pellet. Pellet, yeah.
1: A pellet is like a a grain of rice that we put under the skin. Oh. And it's done in the office under local anesthesia. So so the the the, the people that choose to be on a combination of estrogen and tes- and, and 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 testosterone, mm-hmm. they come for what is called the pellet treatment. Okay. And and it's. Uh,
2: and how long is something like that, like how often? Uh, so you to... it
1: it it lasts for about three months. Okay,
2: wow, and and, mean three and, months? And, <laughs> and and
1: the pellet treatment is uh, uh, very good because of where the pellet sits and the absorption. So the absorption from the pellet is steady. More steady than a patch, more steady certainly than an oral pill, more mm-hmm. steady than an injection. Uh, so you don't have the uh, the up and down fluctuation of of
2: of the. And where's something like that, and in, you uh, insert it in your body?
1: Uh, it's in the upper buttock.
2: Okay. Where, where there is <laughs> All right. where skin. And, and,
1: and, uh, and, okay. And, and sometimes on very skinny people, we put. It, in the, uh, in the front wh-
0: and okay. wherever they're... You need, with, you need yeah. some fat there. Yeah. <laughs> just go ahead and say it, Dr. Yeah. Taymor. Yeah. You need some meat there. What are your, yeah. what are your
2: thoughts? <laughs> I have a question. What are your thoughts on, you know, I get a lot of, I guess, you know, when my phone's listening and social media stuff that comes up, but like all of these, you know, you're going to gain weight when you go mm-hmm. through menopause. Here are these vitamins yeah. that'll, you know, keep you from... Gaining all the hormonal weight and stuff. What do you think well, about that well, stuff?
1: Well, women are very sensitive to weight.
0: Yes. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's goes yeah.
1: without saying. Uh, well, there are metabolic changes that happen around the time of menopause. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, lipid changes that happen around the time of menopause. And those changes lead to uh, cardiovascular risk. Uh, so... Um, the, the the testosterone, the people that opt for the testosterone t- tend to have, um, the testosterone increases muscle mass. Okay. Oh. So at the expense of fat mass. Mm-hmm. And they tend to be more, um, uh, have more energy and they can whatever, perform. W- yeah, yeah. Whatever <laughs> workout they right. do, will yeah. Will, yeah. will will yield uh, results. Okay. Um, what are
2: those uh, side effects? Like, am I getting a mustache? Uh, like, my, I'm being yeah, serious. But that's about the testosterone.
0: I'm curious. Yeah.
1: Uh, everybody asks the same question. <laughs> I'm
2: sure. <Yeah.
0: laughs> I mean, because when you saying testosterone, you're thinking men. Like, I think about male. Counterparts, you know what I mean. It's like, okay, what is that going to do? Well, like Jada said, uh, to, to women.
1: Well, we we monitor that, okay. And if we are to overshoot, there will be some skin changes in acne, like a mustache or yeah, something. No, problem, some sometimes uh, hair growth in some places, uh, but if that happens, you you just readjust the dose, and that can be corrected. Okay. Now. Men come for testosterone uh, supplements, uh, but just to give it, give you a little uh, uh, conceptual difference, mm-hmm. uh, a male sometimes will need uh, fifteen hundred milligrams of testosterone. A woman is going to need a hundred. Okay, uh, got okay. it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, that so that's uh, mm-hmm. that, okay. Okay, that
0: makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so how is it best how is the um, HRT best administered?
1: So uh, it depends on the HRT that the woman is going to choose. Mm-hmm. If she's going to choose the the estrogen progesterone a, the combo, combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she has a uterus, or the estrogen alone. If mm-hmm. she, the, the progesterone is given orally, there is no other way to 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 okay. get Is that how you were taking
0: it? Uh, I wasn't taking. Progesterone. Oh, you were taking. I was uh, only taking estrogen, yeah, which had, was orally. Also, because you had a
1: hysterectomy. Yeah, a partial. So, so they, that's
0: the, why. Because I still have my ovaries. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah,
1: uh, but the 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 thinking now is really to stay away from the oral hormonal replacements.
2: Mm. Why is that?
1: Because anything that you take orally is gonna go to your stomach, it's gonna go to your liver, it's gonna agitate the liver, and produce mm. inflammatory markers, it okay. increases the risk for clots, uh, mm-hmm. It, inc- it, it, it increase, the liver starts to produce some uh, protein called sex-binding proteins, and they attach to the hormones, and they make oh them unavailable. Gosh. So, the, the, the thinking now is to uh, kind of go around the liver, and that would be with patches, with gels, with pellets, mm. vaginal creams. Uh, so, that would be the, 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 the route of preference.
2: Right. But nothing like injections or anything
1: uh, like that. No, the injections are kind of tough because of the, the you know, the, the blood level is going to jump up and, and so okay. so the the you you want a steady right a steady
0: uh and can injections like affect the organs in some kind of way if you're trying to get around certain you know certain organs
1: i'm not sure what you're like you
0: were saying the injections it can make the maybe the blood uh, uh i guess maybe your blood pressure or something well, or well
1: fluctuation in hormones is, will drive okay. crazy
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah so so you want a steady Mm-hmm. A steady level and 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 a steady level allows us to monitor that um, we would like to get a fasting blood level uh, mm-hmm. uh, for the hormones in the morning because it it is impacted by diurnal variation so we want to um, set a standards or so th- this is the time of the day when when we're going to measure it mm-hmm. and uh,
0: yeah, because my my hot flashes are off the chart. Like when I get mine, it it, you know, and I still get them. I was
2: gonna ask if there's a world where they Yeah, start like when do it, when does it
0: stop? Like when does it, like she said, simmer down? Because when I get these hot flashes, they are intense. And I it it literally stopped me in my tracks. I can be doing anything, having something I'm like, oh my gosh, wait. You know, and then all of a sudden have that anxiety. And you're your so, so you, you So you, you, yeah. you,
1: you are on estrogen? Care? I'm
0: not on anything yeah. now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you have a reason to be on something.
0: I know. That's <laughs> with, why I'm like, well, you <laughs> should no, be on No, you're right. right I mean, with the anxiety, yeah. Yeah. honestly, you're right. So,
1: so the anxiety is more of a testosterone issue. Mm. Because the, the the testosterone is an anti Anxiety. So, some people, when they start the, the the testosterone treatment, they get off their antidepressants and their, they stop the SSRIs. Mm-hmm. Um, What's SSRIs? Yeah, the the, the, the Prozacs. Oh,
0: because yeah. I was like, what is, okay, yeah, yeah. all righty. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's good to know because I haven't had the therapy in so long. And, you know, I do have high anxieties at times and you know, with the flashes and everything else. And, you know, I was wondering, when does this stop? Like, what age do you really start to see it kind of decline a well, little?
1: Well, your, your case is unusual. Oh. Uh, most <laughs> mo- most of the hot dogs really? will, will subside fairly quickly. But some, Not will, uh, some will linger for 20 years.
0: Tw- wait. Twenty years after what I am right now, (laughs) (laughs) gee, sure it's not a one
2: size fits all. But (laughs) (laughs)
0: are you twenty?
1: No, some some people. I have patients in their seventies and eighties, and they still have hot flushes, but not not very many. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most most of them, like the patient I described early on in the discussion, they you know, are you menopausal and says, yeah, I went through that already. right <laughs> i'm and already I'm, done and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm already done
0: <laughs> I, I do have a question though and i know this is this is not about menopause but i know there's a controversy also about how often a woman should go to the gynecologist for pap smear
1: well the, the, yeah. we stopped doing pap smears at the age of 65 Okay, and, and if the pap smear has been normal all along, right. we don't do it more often than every three years. Okay, But if the person had a uh, an abnormal pap smear at some point in time, right. then that requires an annual uh, evaluation.
0: Okay. And... Well, that's some good clarification because yeah. mine has always been normal since then, I've then, had them. But now I'm at that age, I'm like, wait, you know, my... The GYN's like, well, you know, the insurance, they don't pay for it unless it's X amount of What's years. I is it three or five years? Because I've right. been hearing different stories about well, it. Well, the, it's, uh, the
1: insurance has to pay for it if it's indicated.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay.
1: I mean, it's, it's just. Uh,
0: right. But so three years, because, uh, you know, because I was like, do I get a pap smear yeah. now? Because. Uh, 65. But, but now <laughs> I'm 65. Like, do I get but, uh, one?
1: But a woman needs an <laughs> annual exam uh, for many other reasons.
0: Right. I
2: get my annuals. Even when you get a physical, though, you still get some of, you know, it's not a full-on. Well, right. Understand.
0: I get the annuals and they do, you know, like you said, they do the breast exam and all those kind of things, too. But um, I was just thinking, I'm like, when do I do I go back now to the GYN doctor? Because now I'm 65 and they're like, no, you don't have to go. Or, you know, if you had regular, uh, what is it, test that you have? For the past five or ten years, you're fine. I don't know. Well, I don't know what to well, believe.
1: The, the gynecologist has, um, you know, more, more encompassing jobs than just getting a pap smear. Right, yeah, right. Is there to assess your hormonal uh, okay. status. Your uh, If you have any ovaries, they need to be checked. Uh, they, right. Uh, we, we check bladder functions. Okay. And, uh, uh, so...
0: So basically, yes. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. okay, good. All right, that's good to know because there was so much, and I'm like... There's so much controversy. It is. It's a lot of controversy, but then I thought, I've never gone that long for one, and so it makes you think like, wait, should I be actually going this long? Because when you're used to going to the doctors, like I, I do mine around the same time every year, and then that part of it is not... You know, you're not going. I'm like, that doesn't seem right, you know, that you don't go once a year, or now they're saying two or, or the third yeah. year. So now I got a little bit of clarity.
1: I, I just want to bring to your audience uh, the condition of dementia. Okay. That, that scares a lot of people. Yes, please. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, women are uh, more likely uh, uh, two-to-one people uh, As compared to men likely to come down with dementia. Mm. Um, And um, uh, hormones, um, contrary to the WHI finding, uh, does protect women from that. And um, but they have to start early uh, because uh, hormones need a, a healthy neurons. Uh, to protect.
0: So wait, is it too uh, late for the, me?
1: The neurons are the, <laughs> the, the nerve cells.
0: Uh, is that yeah. too late for me? Um,
1: well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can go ahead and I won't take it. To, I won't take it personal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> because if it's given once the diagnosis is made, uh, then it doesn't slow it down and okay. it doesn't eliminate it. you need to be so so so, and 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 that's that that condition scares a lot of. it scares
0: me yeah yeah
1: it's and it's uh it's more common than breast cancer
0: wow so that means jada should be maybe checking into those because she's at the age where she can get some protection i guess i'm beyond the protection now well but uh,
1: i I mean i'm (laughs) One of those people that sit in the camp that says hormonal optimization right. is is really key to a healthy uh, life. I, and I can in, see that in, in 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 the menopause and and the beyond. Okay. Um, and uh, and it's it's a critical part. I mean, it's not the only thing. Yeah. But, but but it's a, it's a critical uh, part of part of it. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's yeah, definitely be looking into I that. mean that's good to to know and good for the viewers and audience to know, because I wouldn't have never connected dementia with hormonal treatment same I mean, I just wouldn't have i I just thought of that as a separate illness, you know, something that people get sometimes mm-hmm. as they get older and it slowly comes on you know like an onset of it, but I did not know that there was some type of protection that could actually help women before they even get to that point.
1: Yeah. So I, I want to bring to your audience mm-hmm. slides. Okay. Uh, that will help them uh, calculate their, their, their uh, breast cancer risk. Okay. So in general, uh, your doctor will tell you that your risk of coming down with breast cancer Mm -hmm. is about one in eight over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't help you out. No. So there is this study that broke it down by decades. And if you look at the decade of the 30s, if you're between 30 and 40, your risk is actually Mm 0.4%. If you're between age of forty to fifty, it's one point five percent. So and, it, and 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 the risk keeps rising with age. Uh, so when they came out with that number, one in eight, which means twelve they, they, percent, the twelve percent came by just adding these numbers down on the on the on the right column. Mm-hmm. So if I am to say you are now age 60 and you haven't had breast cancer before Mm -hmm. your risk today is not 12 percent it's not one in eight it's 3.6 plus four it's 7.6 percent which is less than Mm -hmm. yeah and if you are seventy years old mm-hmm. and you haven't had breast cancer before, your risk is not twelve percent or one in eight. Okay, your risk is only four percent. So I, I think the, the the viewers need to kind of break it down right. by by decades to to know where where they stand and and if, and, and and to to accept. Hormonal replacement. So, yeah. uh, one one thing I can tell you viewers is the great majority of women that mm-hmm. came down with breast cancer never used hormones. Oh, and, you would
0: think that's the other way around.
1: Correct, and 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 a great number of people that use hormones will never have breast cancer.
0: Oh my God! I feel like you get fed the other way around. Yeah, like you but this is uh, why you're here because, like you said, when he, when you're in a doctor's office, you can't get this information.
1: No, we only have 15 minutes right.
0: for you. You can't. You it's it's a shame, but we can't get this yeah. information. Yeah, this was fantastic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Unfortunately, our is coming to yeah. an end. but man,
2: we could talk all day because yeah. this is very interesting and. We have, you have you
0: well, we have to have you back we have
2: to have you back
1: well, <laughs> thank you for the invitation. I'm happy to come back, and I hope this would be uh, would be beneficial for oh absolutely uh, people watching and in assessing their own risk and choosing to be on hormonal optimization or not mm-hmm. yeah um,
0: no we appreciate it yeah. um before we go, Dr. taymor how can um people that live in the Long Beach community, or just anyone that's in California that's in SoCal that can get in touch with you?
1: My office is here in Long Beach, um, uh, next to Long Beach Memorial, and um, the phone number is Mm -hmm.
0: uh, 562-595-5331. Say it one more time. Uh,
1: (laughs) 562-595-5331.
0: Okay. All right, thank you so much for joining us in the you. on the lovely couch today to inform our listeners and our viewers, and we really do appreciate it. And thank well, you so much. Dr. Thank
1: Dr. you again for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening and watching, everybody, the official Lovesick <laughs> podcast, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>